Welcome everybody, this is How to English, Teach and Learn with Gavin M. It's a podcast about teaching and learning English as a foreign language. All opinions stated are personal and references will be given when necessary. Em, do you remember what we did last week? I don't really remember yesterday, Gav. What is it specifically about last week that you want me to remember? Do you remember last week's show? Well, yeah, that's easy to remember. That's fresh in my mind. It was all about American and British English. That's right. And do you remember that we made a very special recording for one of our fabulous friends that we, in fact, haven't shared and is exactly on this topic? I do remember that, Gav, and it was a coincidence. Yeah. Shall we listen to it? I think we should. Hey, Annie at Any English Journey. This is Gav. And Em. From How to English podcast. Annie, you asked us to share some of the differences between British and American English. So we're sharing this story with you. Em, remember I was on holiday last year in the States? You mean on vacation? Ah, yes, that's what Americans say. I had an amazing time in the USA, except... There was a little issue with the language. Oh, well, maybe I can help, Gav. I have an aunt who lives there, so I know how American English is different. Well, people didn't always understand me. I mean, when I asked where the queue for the museum was, nobody could tell me. That's because they say line, not queue in America. Ah, I see. And when I was in the supermarket getting some shopping... You mean getting some groceries? Yes. Then I put my trolley next to the till. You mean you put your cart next to the checkout? Yeah. I asked for the receipt and everyone looked confused. You mean the bill? That's the problem. But I asked for the bill in the restaurant when I wanted to pay. You have to ask for the check in a restaurant, Gav. Now it's clear, Em. But I still think it's weird that everyone said they liked my pants. Thanks, Annie, and all of your followers. We hope you enjoyed my story. Don't forget to check out Gavin M's How to English podcast. <laughs> that was so much fun. I really enjoyed recording that with you, Em. Yeah, it was fun. So we're going to come back to Annie a bit later, Gav, because Annie is our special guest today. Yes, but before that, Em, I think we need to define today's topic, which is episode 11, season 4 of Gavin M's How to English podcast. Hmm, we need to define it, Gav. So do you want to start with what we usually finish with? Shall we topsy-turvy the episode? I'm for that. In that case, let me get my xylophone. <laughs> uh-huh, okay. One, two, three. Learn, Learn a, a word. word. Um, today's word is setback. How would you define that? I would go to my dictionary, which is Word Web App today, and I would type in setback, and it tells me it is an unfortunate happening that hinders or impedes something that is thwarting or frustrating. That is a beautiful definition, but what the heck does that mean? Okay, um, it means something that is stopping you moving forward or stopping your progress. Mm. For example, let's say, hypothetically, 
we were going to record a podcast today, Gav, and maybe hypothetically, one of us forgot to charge their phone. So when we went to record the pod, the phone may have died. I'm not saying which one of us it was, Gav, but let's just say one of us forgot. And it stopped us being able to do the pod as we usually do. But then that person charged the phone and we continued with just a small hiccup, let's say. That is a very good example. How about as a teacher? Could you have a setback? Maybe you planned a lesson and it turned out that the topic was wrong, the level was wrong, the number of students attending the class didn't fit with your requirements. Exactly, Gav. So these things stop you, but usually don't result in failure. They're a small obstacle in your road to getting what you want and getting where you want. Mm-hmm. Delaying that achievement. So that, Gav, is the noun. One word, setback. Can I just check the spelling of that, please? S-E-T-B-A-C-K. One word. One word. But if I wanted to use it as a verb? Then you just need to put a space between them. Two words, setback. To set back. Meaning to hold back, to postpone, to defer, to prorogue. Ooh, nice word. Yeah. Put off, put over, remit, shelve. Yeah. Slow down the progress of something. You can also use it financially. Some people say, how much did that set you back? Mmm, like cost, but sounds a bit weighty, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's like a big amount and it's very colloquial, idiomatic kind of phrasal verb. And finally, there's a definition that might be used in architecture. Which I hadn't heard before until today. And this is a building is a setback. And what does that mean, Gav? It's very expensive. No, not that. No. Another way of thinking about it? It's Further back than other buildings from the road or path? That's the one. But I think that's quite a technical word. You might want to describe something as being set back from something. Yeah, I think we use it more as an adjective kind of prepositional phrase to say that building is set back from the road. If you were giving directions, you might want to say that because it wouldn't be visible from the street, perhaps. So, Gav, with all this in mind, how does it relate to our followers and us as teachers and learners? We might have to deal with some setbacks in our teaching and learning, Em. Some problems, difficulties, troubles, hitches or hurdles. Ooh, I like hurdle. That's a really good visual one, isn't it? Think about running on a track and you've got these hurdles to jump over. A0, jump. A1, <laughs> leap. Yeah. A2, fall. (laughs) (laughs) Possibly. Stumble, but get up again and then keep going. That's a minor setback, but just keep going on your learning journey. This brings us to our special guest today, Gav. And there is another coincidence here because our special guest is Annie. Is that Annie from Annie's English Journey? Exactly right. The same Annie we did the recording for earlier with the American and British English. It is. Annie describes herself as a self-English learner who loves the American accent. She shares tips on pronunciation and everyday vocabulary. Annie has loads of motivating videos on how she taught herself how to speak English, including one where she talks about boosting her English through an immersive listening technique. 
and supporting herself with subtitles and reading lyrics from songs. Go find any at any.englishjourney on Instagram and sign up for her YouTube channel too for full-length videos and shorts. Let's listen to Any and learn about some of her setbacks and also her achievements. Thank you, Gavin M, for inviting me to your show. I really appreciate being here to share my English learning journey. Hi, everybody. I'm Any from Nepal. I'm a content creator. Let me tell you honestly, all of my contents are my visual diary because I'm a self-English learner. I create content mostly based on pronunciation because I focus specially on it. I post videos on YouTube and other social media like Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. This is how I'm learning English by creating content. And I can see progress in my English. I follow quite a few teachers on social media. Since we have this incredible thing called the internet, there's no problem finding them online. Most importantly, all the resources that I have been using are for free. Coming back to my contents, have they not only been helpful for me, but they are equally helpful for other English learners as well. Because I share my English learning journey on YouTube, some English learners got connected with me through the links of Facebook communities that I shared there. They are so glad to find English partners. They are grateful for my help. They are my friends now. It's awesome. I'm proud of myself. My English learning journey has been worthwhile to other learners as well. To be frank, I have started learning English actively since April. At the time, I joined Header's Bootcamp. It was 14 days of intense training for free. Well, you might know Herar Shemesh. If you don't know, she is a non-native teacher. She is amazing. In fact, she is my role model. After the completion of 14 days of training, I've been practicing English every day in her Facebook community. It's the Influency community. I can never forget once I joined a meeting where I happened to meet a lady. Her offhand remark hurt me. She said that my accent was strong. So I had to speak one word at a time. For sure, I couldn't enjoy the meeting. I felt awful at the time. My heart pounded faster. But somehow, I managed to stay there till the end of the meeting. Later, I thought about it more and more. I also talked about it with my friends and they consoled me. Finally, I realized I better work on my pronunciation and accent. Ever since, I sealed the deal to work on my English. Definitely, it takes time to master English or any other language, but we can leverage our English skill as time passes. And I'm tracking my learning progress as well. I can see I'm doing pretty well. If you check out my old videos, you can find incredible transformation in my English skill, especially in pronunciation. So you see, I practice English in Facebook communities. They are quite safe platforms because we all have the same goal. It's to improve our English. Besides, my content helps me go extra mile. I believe I'm carving my path to be an educator. To be honest, before I joined Facebook communities, I used to think that my English was excellent because I'm a PhD student in the English department. I've taught in many schools. Moreover, I taught English in a public high school, but that doesn't mean that your English is the best. Now I came to realize it. Seriously, I was closed-minded then. 
I admit learning is a lifelong process and we learn through trial and error. I allow myself to make mistakes. Well, now I remember once I made a mistake and got mocked, but that helped me to find a way to correct myself. I became aware of the sound that I used to mess up all the time. Learning from our mistakes is super cool. What do you think? Let me share with you that I get feedback for free. It is because being a content creator means being the first venture. You know, teachers pay more attention to the first ventures. I'm not kidding. It's true, at least in my country. So I've got connected with native English teachers too. Gavin and Aim are among them. And once in a while, I get feedback that helps me better my English. I wish I could have known this earlier. Now I've figured out what's my interest. It's simply to learn by teaching or creating content. I create content and learn at the same time. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. If you want to enjoy your learning process, first, what are you interested in? Find it. The learning becomes easy and fun, else normally it turns out to be a chore. Who likes to engage in chores? Not me, at least. So this is how our interest helps us learn effectively. One important thing I have to tell you is consistency matters in learning. Once we stop using our weapons, they are covered by rust, right? The same goes for our brains as well. If you stop learning, it becomes rusty. I don't want it to happen to me and not you as well. You see, my learning is intertwined with my content creation or teaching. Thank you guys. Thank you very much for hanging out with me. Hope my story and my words might resonate with you. As non-native speakers, we always have room to improve. We gotta work on it. Definitely will master it. I appreciate Gavin M for having me here. Bye. Take care. And thank you, Annie. We're so grateful for your openness with us and sharing all of those details. This is a really important topic for us to explore as teachers and learners. I think about this all the time, Gav, this experience that Annie's had that, I, yeah, I'm very grateful she shared it with us too, because it is quite a raw feeling, I think, when you get, as she said, mocked for the way you sound. And I really struggle to know when criticism or feedback is too much because the experience any had could have stopped a lot of people from wanting to continue learning. She could have given up because her confidence could have been totally destroyed. But any didn't let it stop her. I think what she mentioned was really important that she had friends that consoled her. So she had a support system there to help. But ultimately, she took that hit, that person saying, I don't understand what you're saying. She took it on board and she got better for it. So I do wonder whether any is grateful for that person. I suppose she must be because she's made it a lot further than she would have done. Maybe before that, any could have been a little overconfident about her English. And as she mentioned, she, she got a bit closed minded about it. So she needed a shock. She needed a wake up call. And it was a setback for a while, but she got back in the saddle and she carried on going and she's better for it. I think that setback really supercharged her learning. And as she said, she needed to work on her accent, work on her pronunciation so that people could understand her clearly. 
I still think there is a nice way to give feedback. And perhaps, you know, this is what I I struggle with, Gav, because sometimes I think students need a shock. They need that hard hit because otherwise they don't really hear what you're saying. And this is where I am not very good at that because I'm quite a softly, softly kind of teacher. And some of my students may get a bit comfortable with me and not feel like they have to wake up and suddenly improve themselves. How do you feel about it? I completely understand what you're saying, but I don't want to upset them and turn them off of learning English and causing them to think, well, if Gav doesn't like the way I talk, I'm not going to talk to him anymore. That's right. That's the risk. Any didn't say it was a teacher that said this comment, so I'm, I assume it wasn't. But I've spoken to teachers that do say sometimes they've been quite abrupt or maybe said something a bit rudely to their students. So their students do get that sudden feeling of, oh, perhaps I'm doing it wrong. But I do err on the side of caution, to be honest. I think I do. I tend to use the softly, softly tact because I don't want to upset them and just say to them, I'm sorry, what was that word? I don't know what you said. Could you repeat it, please? Rather than being too direct and impolite and upsetting the students. I liked Annie's comparison to your English as a weapon and you don't want to let your weapons get rusty. You've got to keep using them. Even if you have got to a level that you think is where you want to be, you still have to keep using it and still keep analysing everything and don't get complacent. And that's where Annie's video diary, her content is really useful. So she can go back to some of those early videos and have a look at what she recorded, her pronunciation in those, some of the language she was focusing on and think, wow, I really have made a lot of progress since that time. It's a definite personality thing, I think, as well. Some people need that push to get better. Mm. Other people need the support, the encouragement. So that's why it's so hard as a teacher, I think, to know what to do and what is the best strategy. And as a learner, putting yourself out there with your video content, sharing that with the world, you have to be prepared for some pretty blunt feedback. And the metaphor of first benchers... Have you heard that before, Em? No, actually, I hadn't. I think it's from baseball. Mm, So the people who are on the front line, kind of ready to bat. Okay, they're not the substitutes or the reserves. They're taking all the the hits themselves. Yeah. That's a pretty demanding role. Yeah, it's exposed. It's a vulnerable situation. So maybe it makes you a bit thicker skinned. You get a bit more immune to the harsh realities of life. Mm. And having a role model like Hadar Shemesh is really good. Again, focusing on your pronunciation. Have somebody that you can look up to and think, this is where I want to be in the next six months, one year. And actually, it was amazing. Annie mentioned she's only been studying for just over a year. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. So perhaps these key moments that you look back on can really shape your education and your progress And it may be those memorable moments that you might not like. It might not be a pleasant experience, but those moments do push you to the next level, get you to where you want to go. And make that contract with yourself, which I think is what Annie told us. Tell yourself, I'm the only person who can achieve this with the support of the people around me. 
but I will do this for myself. So make that contract, make those promises, set those goals for your future learning. Definitely. That's really important. Don't do it for other people. That's a really good point. Have you got any examples, Gav, of a setback, big or small, recently? I think I have. One small setback that happened this week was I prepared a case study from one of my favourite books, Market Leader, on a business topic. In fact, it was a football negotiations for a sponsorship deal. Hmm, Sounds like fun. It required a minimum of four students, level B2, and at least 90 minutes. Mm, That's quite a specific requirement. And what was the setback, Gav? I had one student, they were available for 35 minutes. (laughs) And they were more like B1 level. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think a good word here is pivot. You know that word? Pivot. Is that where you change direction and suddenly <laughs> say, oh, I heard you're going on holiday next week. <laughs> Tell me all about it. That's it. Exactly. But it happens all the time, doesn't it? It could be a big or small thing, but you do suddenly have to recalibrate everything in your head and suddenly go on a different direction. <laughs> That's really funny. How about you, Em? Have you had any setbacks? Well, I don't want to bring the tone down, but I mean, the biggest setback I would say in my whole life was the pandemic. Uh, that was a massive life-changing situation in the sense of work because I was a complete face-to-face out there every day walking around the city, going to all the companies kind of teacher. I had all my system set up, all my lessons and my plans and everything. All your photocopies in your hand. Yeah, all my photocopies. I didn't even have a laptop. I was a total classic kind of type teacher with... Cassette player in arm. Yeah, we've talked about it many times. Um, And then, yeah, this massive life-changing, world-changing, history-changing thing happened. And I thought, this is just impossible. But... As tends to happen, you just roll with the punches, you have to get on with it, you adapt. I bought a laptop, got online, maybe the first month was a bit of a bumpy road. You downloaded some video platforms. A lot of video platforms. It was all a bit of a whirlwind, to be honest with you. But here I am, however many years later, after the pandemic, and that's normal life now. I'm online, every day's easy, and it's carrying on, no problem. That sounds very successful. So a setback that changed the course of your teaching, but did it inhibit your teaching? No, no, it didn't. I just had to change a lot of things, but essentially the job hasn't changed and my feeling towards my students is the same and it's still about the same goals and the workday is, of course, different, but it does feel very similar in a lot of ways. So setbacks, again, don't necessarily mean that you will not be able to achieve the goals you've set yourself. You just might need to find another way to do it. That's right. And thanks for sharing that story. I think a lot of us can relate to that situation personally. Some other setbacks that may affect our students might be that they cannot understand a strong accent and a fast speaker. That is very challenging for our students, Gav, and I always recommend listening to as much as you can. Podcasts, of course, are always good. TV programs, music, in your own time, just to try and give yourself a bit more 
preparation for the next time that you will encounter someone difficult to understand? Train your ears. Another issue could be not having enough time to learn a language, Em. That's another tricky thing. We've already mentioned about goals, Gav. Set realistic goals. Make sure it fits your timetable. Don't just roughly say you want to learn English in X amount of years. You've got to think, how are you going to do that? Break it down into realistic chunks. Use a good grammar book or a good vocabulary book and just think, right, I'm going to do a unit a week or a unit a month. Just set those goals. And you'll be surprised how much progress you make just by having that dedicated time. Maybe another setback could be not knowing how to get to the next level, Em. Yes, Gav. Ask someone online. Find a forum. Find a chat room. Talk to other students. Talk to your teacher if you have one. Find a study buddy. Oh, study buddy, of course. You might be feeling isolated as a learner and we learn from any. Find your community. Go online. You will be able to share your thoughts and feelings and upload some videos. Practice your English. Let people comment on them. You have to have quite thick skin. The internet can be a pretty tough place, but we know you're going to get there. Being part of a community is very rewarding as well. That's it. And finally, another setback might be that you're becoming bored with learning a language. Ooh. You're just getting fed up of learning. Ooh, Gav, that's, that's a hard one. What would you do in that situation? What would you recommend? Take a break. Mm. Watch a good film or TV show. Go on holiday. Have a nice lunch. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Reset your goals and think to yourself, is this really what I want to do? Because we don't want it to be a chore. We want it to be a pleasure that you're learning and practicing and improving your English. Followers, students, we're here for you. And ask yourself or think about why you're bored. Is it because of your materials? Is it because it's repetitive? Is it because it's only one hour a week and it's not what you want it to be? So if you can work out why you're bored, then I think you can work out how to fix it, perhaps. If it's materials, then change the materials. Use different methods. If it's just the method you're using, if you're only listening all the time, change that. Go to a chat room, write something, keep a journal, do a blog, switch it up. But all these setbacks, Gav, can be overcome. I think you're right, Em. I'm already feeling inspired. And the next time this setback tries to prevent me from moving forward, I will simply climb over it. Yeah. In fact, I might leap over it. I might pole vault over it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what about teachers, Gav? What setbacks do teachers face? An example might be not getting your dream job that you applied for. Ah, well, find another dream job. There's loads of dream jobs out there, I think. Or take a not-so-dream job <laughs> and then later apply for your dream job with the experience of your not-so-good job. That's true. That is also true. The, the dream may just need to wait a bit longer. Mm. Maybe you have a really hard class that makes you feel really demotivated, like you don't want to teach anymore, what would you do in that situation? Take a break. If you can. Plan a fun lesson. Yeah, I think just don't take it too seriously. Just 
brush it off because we all have bad days. And that class may just be a one-off class. And if you try again a different day, it might be fine. But yeah, I think just don't take it personally. That's my tip. And try focusing on the skills the students are good at and maybe enjoy more and just have a fun lesson. Yeah, and be honest, maybe at the end, that wasn't so great, was it? What was it you didn't like? And what can I do that you would like? And just face it, deal with it, ask questions about it, get some feedback. It might not be very comfortable, you might not like it, but as any has told us, you get through it. Another example might be you turn up to your class and you've forgotten your materials. Yeah, that sounds like a recurring dream I have, Gav. I think that might be referred to as a nightmare or an anxiety <laughs> dream. Yeah, I wake up looking for pens and trying to find documents that aren't there in my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> but in that case, again, sit down, talk to the students, say, class, what would you like to do today? Any ideas? Let's have a little chat. Yeah, good strategy. Just put it on them for at least five minutes so you can gather your thoughts a bit and think, right, what can we do? Eek. I'm getting all sweaty just thinking about it. Mm, me too. Um, I think we've covered some of the setbacks that both students and teachers may face. And we must say thank you to any for being so honest with us and inspiring us to create this episode. It's a really important topic. Thank you, Annie. You definitely gave me a lot to think about as well. So go visit Annie on all her socials. You'll find her links in our show notes. And Em, I'm a bit parched. I don't know about you. Yeah, I am feeling a little bit like I need to wet my whistle. What should we do, Em, about... <laughs> <laughs> Em, what should we do about this dryness? Dryness? No. <laughs> no. Em, how can we quench this thirst? I think we need to ask our followers to go to coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com forward slash how to English pod and buy us a coffee or a tea, please. We'd be very grateful. Yeah. Only if you want to. I'll see you next time, Em. Thanks for podding with me, Gav. Em, it is always a pleasure talking to you and I feel that today was a very successful show. Me too, Gav. I hope next week is just as good. I am sure it will be. I look forward to seeing you then. See you later. Bye. Bye.